Welcome once again to the SEM Podcast. I am your host tonight, Zach Hewlett, and tonight we're joined by our friend Terrence Steglitz. Terrence, it's so good to have you on tonight. What part of the world are you calling from? Well, um, I'm living, uh, we're living right now in uh, in Quebec, Canada. Quebec, okay. But uh, originally, uh, I'm from uh, south of France. Okay, very nice. How long have you lived in Canada now? Well, it's been about uh, 15 years. Okay. And I'm sure you'll give us the whole story of how you ended up there when we get to it. But uh, just just to give you a familiarity, I, I hadn't asked you, have you listened to our podcast as a, we've been introduced to you? Yes, I have. And uh, I recognized one uh, one missionary I served with. It was uh, Christian Manino. And uh, I was interested in uh, what he, he had to say about the, the SEM mission. Well, good. I'm sure you enjoyed that one as many have. So that's great to hear that you you had a connection there. That's awesome. Well, just to familiarize you with our format, we'll talk about your pre-mission life and your decision to serve and then your reaction of going to Scotland. Then we'll go over the mission and talk about life since you've been home. And then we'll go back through the mission, reminisce areas, companions, and any of your fondest memories. So I'll turn the time to you, Terrence. Perfect. Um, so um, I was born in. Uh, actually, I was born in, uh, in Belgium. Um, um, my parents were working over there, uh-huh. and uh, when I was about two, they decided to um, to move to south of France and uh, to a, to a place called uh, Nîmes. And uh, I grew up over there and uh, spent most of my uh, um, teenage. Uh, in that place. Okay. And um, sorry, there's a there are things going on in the house as well tonight. So <laughs> you're good. <laughs> I'm trying to find myself a quiet place. <laughs> you're good. So uh, mission missionaries. Uh, it's always been a, a part of the the Steglitz family. Uh, we used to have uh, about 12 missionaries um, for dinner at the house when I was uh, younger. And uh, yeah. it was kind of planned. Uh, I was going to, to serve a mission so, sometimes. And um, I enjoyed uh, the company of uh, missionaries uh, when I was younger. And uh, I had experiences with them, uh, different Experiences. I remember uh, uh, one team uh, that that uh, took me into a gym at some point, and okay. I remember we we just went there, work out, and uh, and made friends and uh, and things like that. Uh, That's nice. Playing. I love it. We we also played um, um, some kind of uh, American football on the on the beach with uh, some of them and uh it was always fun to have the missionaries uh, at the house and uh, and be uh be part of their uh, missionary life so cool. uh, so good good experience for with them that's fantastic so you had missionaries around a lot it sounds like you said there were t- up to 12 at, at a time that are around yes man that's cool oh yeah that was great <laughs> <laughs> i love it so um, you grew up in the church, it sounds like, right? 
Yes, that's right. Okay. Were your parents converts? Yes, uh, both of them. Okay. Um, my mom met my dad uh, when they were 17. And um, my dad was already a, a member of the church. And she was investigating with, uh, with some friend of hers. And um, I'm not sure if my dad was part of her decision, but she, uh, she was baptized uh, around that time. Okay. And my dad, um, my dad was four when uh, his dad uh, met the church. So he grew up in the church as well. Wow. But it wasn't, um, uh, sorry, his family wasn't a member of the church when he was born. Okay. So that's, what, that's how it, uh, it happened. That's awesome. I love to hear that. So y- you always knew you were going to go on a mission and you decided to submit your papers to go on your mission. What was your, what was your experience waiting for your call and then your experience when you received it? Well, um, I went through uh, a lot of uh, feelings and emotions uh, before uh, sending my, my papers because um, I didn't know when I would go on a mission. Um, only a few months before sending my papers, um, I wasn't planning on going on a mission at that specific time. Um, I had many things going on uh, uh, in my uh, life before the mission. I wanted to to be um, a professional rugby player. Oh, wow. So it was my focus at, at that moment. And uh, so it was a big, big de- decision to uh, to quit playing rugby, explain my friends, uh, the team as well, and then decide to uh, to go on a mission. And, yeah. Um, my actual wife is uh, was part of this uh, decision as well uh, uh, at that time. Okay. So, um, I made the. I took the decision, sent my papers, and uh, I remember. I remember the, the bishop. Um, it was Bishop um, uh, de Barcelos in Montpellier. Um, he was happy. I think. I think I was his first missionary uh, to live uh, in his bishopric. So um, he was happy. I was happy as well, but not completely prepared. I have to, to confess. Okay. Uh, <laughs> some experience. And um, I wrote on my mission paper that I wanted to serve in France in French. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> my, mom, my mom took the papers after me and she scratched. That part of a. <laughs> she did not. Are you serious? Yeah, she did. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great story. And oh she God. told me when we received the letter from the SEM mission uh, that she did uh, make <laughs> that's a change. So good. That's so funny. <laughs> oh wow, I love it. But she she was she was right to do it because um, uh, I had the opportunity to to see something else than uh, my own country and yeah. learn uh, a new language as well. Yeah, that's so cool. 
So timeline wise, uh, when did you enter the MTC? It was the 5th of September, 2001. September, 2001. Okay. Yeah. Very good. So, uh, and then you return home, I'm guessing September, 2003. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, fill us in on what life has been like since September of 2003. What have you been up to in the last 20 plus years? Yeah, when well, I've been through uh, many steps. Uh, um, the first thing uh, I did when uh, when I came back home was to call uh, my actual wife. We okay. we split up. Uh, she wanted me to uh, to be focused on the on the two years of mission. So she kind of uh, how, how would we say dumped me. <laughs> but she didn't write you a dear john letter right it sounds like you decided that before yeah it was before yeah before the mission, okay yeah. that's good that's good yeah it's, <laughs> I, I think it's better like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i agree oh that's good and uh so um, she said go on the mission and uh when you be back uh we'll see what happened so i went to meet her and um that was the it was the first uh, big thing uh, i did when i uh, when i came back uh one big thing that happened as well was uh, that my brother my younger brother left on his mission 8 days after i came back oh wow yeah it was a big decision for him as well and yeah. uh i was impressed by him because he wasn't planning on serving a mission at all and um I remember I remember uh, uh President Randy Wilkinson uh listening to my story about him and he wrote him um a letter to encourage him to uh to go on a mission as well like like me. Oh my and, gosh, uh, that's so cool. Uh, that was really good. So he left 8 days after after I came back. So that was an experience as well. Um and then uh I moved from my parents to uh, to the new town uh, called uh, Aix-en-Provence about five months or maybe six months uh, after uh, I came back in 2003. And uh, I took an apartment, uh, an apartment over there in Aix-en-Provence to be closer to uh, Veronique, my, my, my wife. Mm -hmm. And um, from that point, uh, I've been a, a joiner, like we say in, uh, in Scotland. In Scotland, yeah, uh, like a, a contractor. Um, I've been a policeman, um, and then I we moved as a family to Paris to uh, join my parents, who moved over there a few years before we we went there. Okay, and I worked again as a contractor uh, with my dad this time. Or a specific uh, brand of um, of uh, kitchen and uh, and bathrooms. So we did this for a few years, and then we decided to uh, to uh, to move out of France and uh, and go to uh, North America. Okay, um, I've always been impressed by the patriotism that American missionaries had. To their country 
and it's one of the things that uh, made me want to move to uh, North America because it's not something I can say about my country, my own country, uh, hmm. France. So um, it was a big decision because um, because of economic. Uh, the job was hard as well. Um, working sometimes uh, 80 hours a, a week. You start on Monday and uh, you finish uh, on Saturday nights and uh, you don't see your family very much. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what uh, decided me to, uh, to move uh, to North America. Wow. Um, I, I would have done the same thing, Darren's. That's, that's a lot of, of work and not a lot of play. So yeah, my goodness, that would be tough. Yeah, uh, I made an experience. Uh, I was uh, talking about uh, Christian Manino uh, mm -hmm. earlier. Um, you know what happened with him? That was crazy. Uh, when I came back from my mission uh, and moved to Aix-en-Provence, um, I taught a Chinese girl. Okay. And. Uh, I didn't baptize her, but I took her to the temple uh, her first time. In, um, if I remember well, I think it was in, uh, in Madrid, Spain. Okay, wow. And this girl, I just uh, kept her in uh, some part of my, of my mind. And the, the, the last week before we left France, to go to uh, live in Quebec, we went back with my wife to Aix-en-Provence, visit her family one last time before we, we move. And you know what? This girl is the wife of Christian Manino. No way. That's crazy. That's amazing. <laughs> so I taught her maybe three years before okay. we met, she married her. And I was back in Aix-en-Provence for their wedding. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. What a, what a small world. How many chance? No. How many chance? Very, very small. That's, a, that's, a, that's an incredible story. Thank you yeah. for sharing that, Terrence. That's so cool. I, I, was, uh, I was thrilled with this, uh, this, uh, this part of, uh, uh, of my life because uh, I couldn't guess I would taught someone that would marry one of my mission companions yeah uh, that was crazy <laughs> that is what a what a coincidence that's so cool i love yeah. that that's great the church makes it uh makes it for us it's, yes. Uh, yes we are blessed with the church yes indeed so then, yeah, yeah sorry i was gonna say so how long have you then lived in canada so we moved in uh, 2008 june okay. 2008 and uh we've been there for uh since that time okay. and um, it was a, uh, a special time because um, we didn't expect so many differences from uh, between our country and uh, Quebec uh, there's many uh, aspects of uh, the life here that is different from uh, from us. Even the the ideas, the way to to think, 
of uh, different different uh, uh, aspects of life. Mm -hmm. So we had to adapt a little bit. They do speak French here in Quebec, right? But they use different words, and okay. sometimes uh, it makes it uh, harder to understand <laughs> for them and for us. Yeah, that sounds like us Americans having to learn Scottish. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Same. They say it's English, but it's not English, right? No, no. Where you come, Phelan? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's so good. And did you say you have children? Yes, uh, we do have children. We have one daughter and two sons. Okay. And what are their ages? Well, uh, the daughter is uh, 17. And uh, my sons are uh, 14 and 12. Okay. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, they were all into the the, the, the ironic priesthood uh, last uh, last Sunday. Oh, that's so cool! Congratulations to them. I'm sure they keep you very busy with every activity known to every teenager, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, well, my my daughter is a little bit uh, independent now. Uh, actually, she's uh, she's gone with Micah uh, for a. Uh, a night out with her uh, her friends mm -hmm. and uh so I, I wouldn't say she doesn't need me anymore but i have less opportunities to uh to make activities with her because she's uh doing her her things on her side mm -hmm. so, um, yeah she doesn't keep me as busy as before but my sons uh the one that's uh 14 years old he likes pretty much every sports uh in life and it's okay. a pleasure to uh, to spend time with him uh, because of that. Uh, he helps me stay active. That's good. Um, we we do um, uh, mountain bikes. Uh, actually, last year we went to uh, to Utah to meet my parents because they they live there over there. they live over there now. Okay, nice. And we've been to um, how do you say um, uh, Ephraim Canyon. Okay, yeah, Ephraim Canyon. Yeah, to do a uh, mountain bike. Nice. And we spent the whole day over there. It was, it was, uh, it was perfect. That sounds, that sounds like an awesome day. That's awesome. I love it. Have you taught them rugby, though? Uh, no, there's no much rugby uh, playing uh, around here, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so you truly do it. did have to put it away, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, that's fun. I love it. It's glad to hear that you have wonderful family dynamic and that uh, you're, you're so involved in your kids' lives as much as you can be, right? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Well, Terrence, take us back to September of 2001. If you want to talk about the MTC and your experience there, you can just jump straight to Scotland and we'll go through your companions and the areas you served in. Yeah, let's go for the MTC. Yeah, it was in, uh, in Preston. Uh, uh, I arrived over there only a few days before um, September 9-11. That's right. Um, we had to be to stay inside the MTC. And I can tell you, for me, it was a it was a, a trial. Yeah, I bet. Because uh, my whole uh, teenage life was. Uh, being outside, uh, playing rugby, 
uh, doing sports and uh, enjoying the the permanent good good weather in the south of France. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a bit different. Much, right? Oh yeah, much different from here in Scotland. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! So I, I remember. I remember the um, the MTC president was uh, uh, Brother Jensen. Okay. He gave me. He offered me one of his personal quad. Really? Which I still have, and I keep preciously in my. Uh, in my um, personal li library. Okay. Wow, that's uh, pretty cool. I really, really appreciated appreciated uh, this kind of gift he he gave me. Okay. Uh, I spent, I think, uh, nineteen days over there. There was uh, my companion. That that's another uh, crazy uh, church detail. Uh huh. My uh, companion uh, in the NTC was Elder Olivier Moon. Okay, Olivier Moon. Yes. Okay. And he he went to serve in uh, in Germany. Okay. And he was French. And he married one of my wife's cousin. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yes. Stephanie, Stephanie uh, Gérard. Oh my goodness, that's yeah. what a small world again. That's a small world. Yeah, that's so cool, cool. I love it. So I had a good time over there. Uh, met uh, plenty of uh, interesting people. Uh, we made a push-up contest in the <laughs> <laughs> in the MTC. I won the contest. Okay, how many push-ups did you do? 87. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, I had to stop because the, the missionary was getting mad. So. <laughs> Cause for contention in the MTC, it sounds like. Yeah, it does, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Good for you. I love it. But uh it was it was a, a good time as well. I enjoyed the the 19 days in the in the MTC. It was really good. And um, I had a um, specific personal uh, spiritual experiences over there, uh, experiences that I, uh, I needed at that time before I would be in, uh, in Scotland. And I'm glad I did these uh, experiences in the MTC. Okay. And then uh, I took the, the train from, uh, from Preston to, uh, to Edinburgh. Okay. And then uh, I met uh, who were the, uh, the, the APs at the time. I don't remember. I was going to say, if you remember, that's that's pretty amazing of you because I don't know many people that remember the APs that picked them up at the train station from the MTC. Maybe I, I, ha I have their name written, uh, written on, uh, on my uh, personal journal. Mm-hmm. But I would have to. Uh, it would take too much time. To find it, so. <laughs> you can send it to me separately, and I'll see if I can track them down. That'd be fun. No problem. So, what was the first area that you served in, and who was your trainer? It was uh, Glenn Rothis. Okay. And the trainer was um, Brady Tucker. Brady Tucker. Okay. Nice. Yeah. 
he had a hard time with me. He did, huh? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't the I wasn't the best uh, the best companion, uh, but he was tough because uh, he handled me uh, pretty good. Okay. Yeah, he he taught me uh, hard work, and he was a really hardworking missionary. Uh, he did his best for the the start of my mission. And uh, I remember him the first weeks kicking on my uh, mattress to get me out of the bed <laughs> at 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard wake up call to get used to for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had, um, I had a, uh, a lifestyle uh, much different than uh, missionary standards before uh, I left for the, the MTC. And I had uh, it took me some time to uh, to adapt to uh, this lifestyle. Yeah. So, but he did well. He did well. I'm, I'm glad I had him for uh, a trainer uh, at the beginning of the mission. That's great. I was curious to ask you, Terence. So, how much English did you speak before you came into Scotland? Was it was there very much at all? Not much. Not okay. Much. We we have uh, English class uh, in schools in France, but um, it's never the same English they taught you, they teach you in school than what you hear on the sure. field. Right. Plus in Scotland, you yes. know about it. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> it's not English. At least most oh. of it's not English. <laughs> <laughs> I felt I felt uh, lonely for the I would say the the first uh, two months. Yeah, I can understand that would be hard. I remember uh, I tried to call my my parents and uh, cried to my mommy. I want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm glad I stayed uh, because it was a, a good experience to serve two years uh, in Scotland. I love it. So how long were you with Brady Tucker? Uh, if I remember well, it was uh, four and a half months. Four and a half months. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Very good. He, and then, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, I said, carry on. He stayed when I, he stayed and I, I left uh, for uh, a new area. Okay. And he had, if I remember well, I was his second his second uh, son, and he had a third one after me. Oh wow! Okay, he trained a lot of missionaries then. Yeah, he there, there's there's one reason because he he was good, really good hard worker, right? Yeah, definitely. That's great. I love it. So where did you move from? Uh, move to from Glenrothes? Um, uh, Pollock. Okay. I moved there with uh, Edo Smoka. The smoker, okay, yeah, very good. Um, he was much, uh, how do you say, much more relaxed than uh, Elder Tucker, but he had his own good way to work, okay, and I enjoyed it as well. Uh, he had uh, Edo Smoker, Jimmy Smoker. He had that uh, specific uh, speech 
and uh, he would catch anyone we would talk to uh, in the street or at the door. And okay. I, I enjoyed that. Do you remember where he was from? He was from Utah. He was, okay. Uh, what town? I don't remember. Okay. But Utah for sure. All right. That's awesome. <laughs> I love hearing that. And then he moved. I stayed in Polo. And I received uh, Elder Bill Wiggins. Bill Wiggins? Um, yeah. Farmington, Utah. Okay. Nice. I had a good time with him too. Uh, um, I was supposed to uh, to go visit him uh, last year when uh, we went to Utah, but uh, he had moved to uh, Arizona. So I wasn't planning on driving that far, so I didn't see him. <laughs> but I kept I kept in touch with him. Oh, are you still in touch with him now? Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Well, you'll have to share this with him when we publish it, and then let Billy know that we'd love to have him on the podcast. It would be fun. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. I love it. Very cool. So you're in Pollock. Did you have any run-ins with uh, with the Neds, the the locals, as they say? Well, uh, <laughs> Terrence, you heard, you heard my name uh, in Scotland. Of course, I heard your name in Scotland. You're you're famous, Terrence. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> now, now keep in mind that. Jack and I have established this. The statute of limitations of sharing any stories on this podcast is far expired. So <laughs> any experiences you have, we want to hear them. The spiritual, wonderful, hilarious, everything in between. We want to hear it. Well, so I will, I will share the, the best one. And Elder Manino was there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It was in a bus in uh, East Kilbride. <laughs> and um, there, was, there were two kids. Well, two kids. I think they were older than me. Um, maybe 25, uh, something like that. And um, they were smoking at the back, at the, the back of the bus. Uh -huh. And I told, I told them maybe 10 times to stop smoking because I'm a, I'm a firm... Uh, Fighter against cigarettes, yeah, and tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the guy started to make fun of me. And uh, I, I think if I remember well, he called my mom's name. So I got upset, and uh, I stand up, walk to the back of the bus, and um, I told him. I tell you one last time to stop smoking. I took the, the cigarette from him and I, I stepped on it. And he took another cigarette and, and lit it up. Again. Oh, no, he did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I grabbed the, the metal bar in the bus and I headbutt him. <laughs> yes. But I missed. His nose, and I hit him in the in the the forehead. Oh, okay. And he had that red, <laughs> swollen boss on uh -huh. the on the head. Yeah. And uh, the guy started to uh, to swear at me, and uh, 
I punched him once in the face. <laughs> the second, the second punch, Elder Manino grabbed my arm, but he was a, he wasn't strong enough to stop it. <laughs> and I punched the guy several times, and I could see Elder Manino's face each time <laughs> because he was he, On he your grabbed arm, right? my arm, yeah. And <laughs> and hearing him, Elder Stengitz, stop it, stop it. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, I, oh. I have to I have to say, Terrence, um, during the the uh, the experience of the podcast we've heard that we've heard that tale told by quite a few missionaries really yes and i'm i'm glad to finally understand because some of them couldn't remember your name they said a big elder from france headbutted annette on the bus because he was smoking and so i love that you told the story that's fantastic <laughs> So that's how oh. it became famous then. <laughs> that's, that's probably <laughs> it. That's it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh goodness. Well, let's go back to your companions. Um, so you had Billy, uh, Billy Wiggins and Pollock. Uh, where did you go from there? So I went to Iskabride. Okay. With Elder uh, Red Redware. He was from England. Okay. And it's in this uh, this area that I had the, the the opportunity to switch companions between him and uh, Elder Manino. Okay, if I remember well. He was already um, assistant to the president at this time. I okay, think. so he, you, was, he was called very early. So it was an exchange that you were on with Elder Manino at the time. Uh, no, it was. It was, if uh, I think, um, we were going uh, to um, either a zone conference or a district uh, meeting. meeting. Okay, I don't remember. <laughs> we were the, the four of us in the in the in this uh, specific bus. Okay. Um. Do you remember your companion's first name? Jonathan. Jonathan, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Jonathan. I, I have the, the names written on uh, in my journal. Uh, I, I trust you. <laughs> I really do. And, uh, I think it was Jonathan. Okay. That's great. So you were with, um, with your companion there in East Kilbride for how long, do you recall? I think it was only six weeks. Okay. Very good. Um, President Wilkinson sent me to uh, the Orkney Islands. Oh, okay. Right nice. after uh, Easter Ride. Nice. And there I met uh, Elder Lovejoy. Lovejoy, okay. Very nice. But I don't remember his first name. Uh, Sam? Oh, I think it was Sam, yeah. yeah. Sam or Samuel? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Okay. As right. of joy. Uh, I, um, I gave him a hard time, in a way. <laughs> I was still that, that kind of kid. So, uh, but this, this elder, 
elder of joy, he had some type of kindness uh, in him that was um, unshakable. Hmm. Uh, I can't remember him uh, losing his temper at any time with me or with someone else. Okay. Uh, something that uh, marked me, he would wave anyone in the street driving or walking. Wow. And uh, I remember asking him to, uh, to stop doing it, but he never stopped. And uh, he stayed the way he was when I met him. And uh, wow. that was a lot of joy. Uh, uh, it was a good time over there. Yeah, that would be hard too because Kirkwall is not a big place. So as you wave everybody down, I'm sure you probably had a few people that you talked to more than once, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> so I served in Orkney as well, and the, the question I have for you, Terence, is: Did you do service on the pig farm? Yes, I did. <laughs> what, um, what was your experience there, Brother Groot? Is that is that right? Uh, yeah, uh, brother, brother. Uh, I think it was John O'Groats, right? Yes, and his older brother was Ralph, if I remember well. <clears throat> That's right. Yep. Well, I did. I did all type of service for them. Um, I don't remember what day we would go there. Once a week, all type of cleaning. Uh, I remember when uh, once we went there. Um, he showed us uh, the inside of the how do you call uh, the porcherie, the place where you where he keeps the the pigs. Yeah, the pig pen. The pig pen. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there was one pig sat on one of the piggies, and uh, the small pig was, you know, there was all his guts outside of him oh my gosh and i pointed the pig and i said hey look brother growth he said oh never mind what happens oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> the loser of a pig pile it sounds like yeah. my yeah. gosh his life was short yeah but um i don't uh, i don't remember much more than that uh, about uh, service in the in the big <laughs> but it was good time because I, I was there during summer and uh, I can recall uh, that the um, the weather was uh, was fine most of the time over there and yeah. I was there. yeah um, one thing I did for uh, Ralph grow um, I don't know if it's a mistake or if it's a good thing. I think it was good from a good to do it. I took him once to the, the bathroom. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And I had some kind of a compassion for for Ralph because you could tell he needed to go to the bathroom the whole time during sacrament meeting. Oh really? <laughs> you oh my could gosh. <laughs> and once he said to um I think it was uh, Stephen Scully, uh, That's the right. branch president. He said, uh, I need to go to the bathroom, but I need someone. 
and uh, Steven Scully wouldn't do it. Oh, really? So uh, oh, I told my companion, okay, I'll do it, no problem. Wow. But um, this happened several times. Oh, okay. And once it happened, we were in, um, I don't know if you met her, uh, Sister Whitfield. Was she do there when you doesn't ring her? a bell, maybe, but I don't, I don't rec recall. Okay, an in English sister that had uh, moved from England to, uh, to the Orkney. Her bathroom in her house were upstairs. Okay. And since Eva Stiglitz was able to take him to the, the bathroom, Ralph Groth, he asked me, I need to go pee. And <laughs> so I you had, carried him? I carried him. For all the members uh, in the Sister Whitfield's house were laughing. And I was <laughs> carrying him up the stairs, <laughs> took him to the bathroom, sat him on the, on the place, and then took him back to the to downstairs. My gosh. <laughs> That's pretty cool, though. Like, you did something that very few, if any, I'm sure missionaries ever did to, to help him in, in his time of need. So that's really cool. I don't know how long he he was alive. After, he was still alive after I left. But I hope uh, he, he had help from uh, other missionaries. Yeah, that's really cool. I love to hear that, Terrence. Okay, so how long were you with Sam? Do you remember? Um... I think it was only two transfers. Okay. So uh, about uh, a month and a half. Okay. Then I received uh, Elder Kenton Carrash. Nice. Okay. And uh, he was a new missionary, so uh, I trained him. You did? Okay. Yeah. In the Orkneys, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> so we traveled, Elder Love, Lovejoy and I, all the way down to uh, Edinburgh. He went with uh, his new company, and I went to the, uh, the mission office to, uh, to meet with uh, the Elder Karash. Very cool. Yeah. So you took him back up to the Orkneys. Did yeah. you get to Did you get to fly from Edinburgh to go back to the Orkneys? Did you have to take the the horrible boat. The train and the horrible boat. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, man. I was sick like uh, like no one. Every time, every <laughs> single time, I would take this boat. Oh, man. It's such a rough ride. Did you have a bunk room, though? Like, were you able to sleep? Or were you sitting no. in the chairs? Sitting in the, sitting in the chairs, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I, I, was, I was fortunate. The only time I went up there... We fl I flew up first, and then they closed the area at the end of my time there. I was only there for four weeks, and we took the boat back because we had our car and all of the things from the flat inside of it, and that yeah. boat ride was so rough. Like, it was just this the whole time. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't describe it to anyone else other than that's what it was. It was pretty, pretty horrible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a... Uh... It was hard for me. Uh, I have a, how do you say? I'm seasick. Seasick, yeah. Yeah, every time. Oh, man. And I was the only guy sitting between the two chimneys outside. Uh -huh. Run, uh, raining or not, I was outside 
throwing my guts out the whole night. <laughs> Just feeding the fishes, it sounds like. Oh, gosh. Fishes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's great. We're actually talking to Kenton in a couple of weeks, so you'll get to see him on the podcast nice. pretty soon. So nice. we're excited. Nice. Very cool. Was so, it hard? Was it hard training him in the Orkneys? No, Kenton Karash. Uh, he was ready to teach anyone. Yeah, he taught me more than I taught than I taught him. Really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He he knew the scriptures like uh, much better than me, and. Um, yeah, he was he was really good. Uh, I remember him uh, testifying of uh, principles at the doors. Uh, I could feel the strength of his uh, testimony, and I'm sure people the people uh, 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 sorry at the doors could feel it as well. Uh, he was yeah. really good. He was really good. That's so cool. I love it. Yeah. Um, it was hard for both of them because uh, we had maybe uh, 15 members, active members over there. Yeah. And we couldn't rely much on any of them. Um, we had to travel people uh, several times. Uh, I remember uh, Stephen Scully had some, uh, some rough time as well. Uh, so we had to sustain him several times. Mm -hmm. um, Brother Flett, his, uh, his counselor, um, had a hard time staying active, active as well in the church. So um, we personally had uh, hard times uh, over there. But um, missionary experience always makes up for these hard times. Yeah. Well, I can tell you in the, so I was there in the winter time of uh, 2005 and President Scully was still the branch president. Arnie and Mina Flett were still there every single week and they were wonderful to us too. So yeah, <clears throat> you're sustaining them, help them to keep going. So well done. Yeah. And they, they did for us as well. Uh, although they had the uh, trials, uh, they did good for us as well. Yeah, I remember awesome. uh, Brother Flett, I have a picture of it, uh, teaching me uh, bagpipes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because he, he was a professional teacher. I didn't realize that. That's pretty yeah, cool. He okay. was, yeah. So did you keep it up? Do you remember how to play the pipes? I never managed to, to, to make a sound out of uh, <laughs> this, this machine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh gosh, that's great. <clears throat> well, at least you tried. I, I I didn't have the the guts to try. There was no way I was going to embarrass myself trying, like you said, to make a noise. <laughs> well, that's fun. So, uh, altogether, how long were you with Kenton? Uh, three months. Okay. What happened from there? He stayed there. Okay. And I lived. Uh, to meet uh, 
I went there from uh, I went from from uh, the Orkneys to Falkirk. Falkirk, okay. And there, I met Elder Ames. Okay. Uh, I don't remember his first name. Landon, I, I believe. Landon. Landon. Probably yeah. Elder he Ames was, is, uh, leg is legend as well. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, in some of the areas I served in, Elder Ames was he was a rock star in many people's eyes. Wow. <laughs> Tell us about enjoyed, your experience with him. I enjoyed my time with him. Um uh he was always singing Nat King Cold song. Oh really? Yeah. He was like a crooner. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I, I had fun with him as well. Um, he was much different from uh, the previous companion I had. Um, um, I didn't stay long with him. I don't remember if it was six weeks or 12 weeks. I don't okay. remember. But we, we went to the Falkirk, uh, Falkirk branch. Uh, we worked a lot with uh, less actives. I remember I still have that list in my personal personal uh, belongings from the, the mission. Uh, I think we counted about roughly 600 names on wow. this member list. That's huge. Goodness. Yeah. And we tried to reach every single one of them. And uh, at that time, we could count only... 60 to 70 members, active members uh, in the Falkirk branch. Mm -hmm. So we made ourselves, we gave ourselves the, the goal to bring as many less active members as we could. Hmm. Uh, I think we, we only brought back one person. But we tried, we tried. Yeah. And um, <laughs> We, I, rem I remember um, we had good times with him uh, and uh, Sister McPhee and her son, Ewan. Mm -hmm. We would stay there uh, longer than we should. <laughs> he, he always had uh, a good topic for a conversation with Sister McPhee. Okay. And, uh, we would stay there. I remember once we left Sister McPhee's house. It was 10.30 at night. <laughs> Because <laughs> you just just kept blethering away, it sounds like, right? Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, he was a fun companion as well. Yeah. I had a good time with him. That's great. And uh, I think we closed. No, sorry, no. We both moved from the the apartment. And yes, I think it was closed after us. Okay. Because I remember Elder Manino telling me they had to uh, fix a lot of things in the, the apartment after we left. But it wasn't me and him. <laughs> <laughs> I have to precise that. <laughs> when I got to this uh, area and I found the, the apartment, it was a mess. It was a mess. 
<laughs> there were two TVs in there. Two TVs. Two TVs. Oh, wow. uh, there were several uh, full bag of golf clubs, which we used. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, Elder Ames was a really good golfer. Okay. Uh, he could uh, drive um, two fields, two football football fields. Oh, seriously? Yeah, that's that amazing. And he, he wasn't a big guy. Okay. I don't know if you've met him personally. No, I haven't. Uh, I think it's a, he's the smallest companion I had. <laughs> and he hit it further than you. Mine? I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't even touch it. Really? Never managed. Yeah. It, it takes a lot of practice to hit a golf ball. Yeah. <laughs> so I got in uh, in this uh, apartment and it was a mess. I had to clean everything. And I remember calling uh, President, President Wilkinson and I told him I can't live in this apartment in the state it is at the moment. So I'm going to take a few days. Not working. Uh, missionary work. And just cleaning this uh, apartment. Mm -hmm. And I did well because um, only a few days later, the the owner of the, uh, the apartment uh -huh. knocked, on the, knocked at the door. Yeah. And uh, some things I couldn't fix, like uh, a burned carpet, uh, right. made, me, made him very mad. Oh, I'm sure. And, uh, we told ourselves, uh, Elder Enns and I, that we did well to clean this apartment before. Yeah. <laughs> because he would have been uh, really mad at us. So, yeah. That's the first experience I had with Elder uh, Ames. <laughs> that's inspiration from the spirit, for sure, right? Well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it, you're, you're right, though. It's, it's so interesting to hear everyone's experience moving into other missionaries' flats who didn't care for them well. And yeah. you're not the first person that's told us the story of spending time getting the flat in order, throwing who knows how many uh, large bags of garbage away, throwing the rubbish out. And it just, yeah. it, I mean, it happens far too often in our mission, for sure. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. But what can we do? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Except... Plow through it, get it cleaned, and carry on, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. Very so good. So when I left uh, uh, Falker, uh, it was to go to um, Bathgate. Okay. Yeah, Bathgate, yeah. And there I met Elder Holopainen okay. from uh, Finland. Yeah. There's one uh, quick uh, story I want to tell you as well. Okay. Back in France, uh, a few months later, uh, when my parents, no, sorry, a few years later, when we went, when we moved from Aix-en-Provence to Paris to, uh, to join my parents, we worked for a member of the church who bought uh, a big house in a, in a place not far from Paris. 
this guy, um, Al Gregerson, okay. served his mission with Elder Holopinen's dad. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it just happened that we found we found out he was a member of the church. Uh, this this brother Al Gregerson, mm-hmm. and um, we just talked about our missions. And I told him uh, there was a Finnish. I, I had a Finnish companion. His name was uh, Petri Holopainen. He said, "Stop, Petri Holopainen." And uh, I described him, described him, and I think uh, I showed him a picture. And he okay. said, "That's one of my companions' son, son for sure." <laughs> wow! Again, small world. That's amazing. World, yeah. Oh yeah. goodness, that's so cool. So I moved to uh, to Bathgate with Elder Holopainen as a um, a zone leader. Okay. We had the oldest. Vauxhall Corsa of the mission. <laughs> I beat Fun. the crap of this car. You <laughs> can't, can't imagine. <laughs> oh man, I love it. Um, so we went. Uh, Elder Holopainen taught me a, a lot of things as well. Uh, he was really good as well. Um, we had um, a townhouse in Bathgate. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was a good time. And um, being a zone leader with uh, Elder Holopainen was a good experience. Um, I I think I learned to appreciate the church administration better during that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing I did was to work with Elder and Sister Barlow to keep the um, uh, how do you say uh, the housing okay. clean clean throughout the the zone. <laughs> Yeah, you had every reason to, right? You already had to, you had to get everybody in order. Clean your, clean your flats. No more messes. Yeah, that's great. I had uh, an experience with uh, uh, Elder Gilmore and Elder Wright. Uh, okay. They landed in a in a, in an apartment that was a mess as well when they, when they went there. Okay. And uh, they stayed like this. And uh, when I visited the, the apartment, I told them, elders, you have to clean, uh, get everything sorted, and then you go back to work. And uh, <laughs> they did it. They did it. I went back, and it was uh, perfectly clean. And uh, they stayed like this. And it was good. That's awesome. Way to go. And my last companion, uh, actually, I had two last companions because uh, there was a, a lap of time. Uh, we were th- the, the three of us in the, the apartment. Mm-hmm. It was with Elder Manson and Elder um, Seth Wright. 
Okay, the yeah. one that got beat up twice in uh, Glasgow or Edinburgh. Yeah. Yeah, Seth, you heard about it? Seth's been on our podcast and told that whole story to us. So definitely look him up. Um, I'll, let me look real quick and see what the number is, but carry on talking about them. It was good as well. Uh, Elder Manson, um, if I remember well, um, entered the mission field one transfer after me. Okay. And his companion was Elder Malara from, uh, from Italy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were in the same zone, and we we had uh, several uh, opportunities to uh, to meet uh, with him, and I was happy to uh, to, um, to be his companion. Okay. Um, Elder Munson was a straight missionary. He had one focus, and he would stick to that focus, and um, he helped me stay focused for the the last few weeks. Of my mission because i was uh i was chunky <laughs> i was very chunky. i can and, appreciate uh, he he did a good job with me as well he he kept me uh, straight uh to the things i i had to do for the last uh, the last weeks uh, of the mission and we had uh, Edo Wright for for only a few days. They took me to the the mission office for the the last uh, farewell. Okay, and that was it. Okay, I'm curious to know if you hiked Pratt's Hill. Do you yes, remember that course. experience? Yeah, yeah. At the beginning and at the end of the yeah. of the mission experience. Yeah. Um, I felt the meaning of this place uh, the second time. Okay. The first time I was uh, just out of uh, out of the um, the experience. <laughs> sure, I can exp- I can understand that. But. Um, I'm glad we had the opportunity to to go there a second time to, to close the, the mission experience because I had the opportunity to study about uh, Parley P. Pratt, well, in fact, the Pratt's brother experience during the mission. Mm-hmm. And then I felt what, what, they, what they did the second time. Uh, I had the true meaning of, uh, of the experience. Oh, that's really cool. I love that. Well, um, for your reference, Terrence, Seth's podcast is episode 78. So make sure you put that one on as, uh, as one of your next ones you listen to. I'm sure you'll love to hear it. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have any specific memories of your experiences with President and Sister Wilkinson? And I think you were with President and Sister Vereens for a little bit as well, correct? Yep. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, President Wilkinson. Um, President Wilkinson had me uh, several times in uh, his office. Well, for the uh, for the the bus story, that's okay. one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> um. 
another time to uh, help uh, to help me go over uh, some rough situation uh, um, with my family uh, my family in France and another time um i remember him uh trying to arrange um my um coming back to a normal life but in america in saint georges oh really yeah he um he got me um a scholarship in Dixie, uh, Dixie, yeah. Saint George, uh-huh. and um, he had—I don't know if you know him at all or not—he had Coach Crosha at on the phone from oh. Scotland, right in front of me. Okay, ask Coach Crosha to take me in the Dixie team uh, football team. Yeah, when I would move over there. Wow, that's that pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. But I never uh I never went back there. So uh so um, I didn't have the opportunity to uh, uh to enjoy the the things he had to uh, to offer me. Mm-hmm. I had a good time with uh with uh President Wilkinson. Um, one experience I had with him. In fact, I said I, ne- I never, I never went to uh, to Saint George. Yes, we did once with my wife and my my children, the three of them. Mm-hmm. We were traveling with our uh, camper, and we we made the detour by uh, the Saint George Temple. Yeah. And guess who was the temple president? <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it was. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> wow. In fact, we, we learned that he was the mission president because we met in the visitor center uh, a young uh, sister missionary from our world here in Quebec. Really? She was serving there. Wow. <laughs> we didn't know about it. So it's we amazing. met her. Sister Sneakers, and she told us, "Oh, uh, President President Wilkinson, uh, the, the the Temple President, is here aujourd'hui. Uh, is here today. If you want to be to meet him." And I said, "Randy Wilkinson," and she said, "Yes." Oh my God! I said he was my mission president in Scotland. Wow! wow. I just got chills. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> And I can tell you, between him and I, I'm the only one that grew older. (laughs) He was exactly the same. (laughs) 15 years later. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I've heard that about President Wilkinson. He's kind of got like that forever track where he just, he stays the same. He's very, very active and fit. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And Sister Wilkinson, I think, uh, if I remember well, her first name was uh, Linda. Linda Wilkinson, yeah. Mm-hmm. She was like a mom. Um, uh, I don't know if I, wa- if, uh, I was the only missionary, but uh, I wouldn't 
to get the chance to uh, to shake her hand, she would hug me every time. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I felt like uh, I had my mom uh, on on my on my mission. Wow, that's really special. Yeah, I love to hear that. In your short time with the Vreens, did you have any interactions with President Sister Vreens? I don't remember. Okay. Um, I have just bits of the the last uh, interview I had with him, where he told me to uh, keep studying the the the, the scripture, and um, I think it's the. I can't remember anything else. Um, it was only a few weeks with uh, with him. So yeah, I was gonna say it couldn't have been very long. Like they came in probably June or July of. 2003 and they probably were a little bit shell-shocked <laughs> running a mission the first couple of months to figure that out so i can understand that yeah well good well um terrence this has been a lot of fun um like i said you're you're a legend of the sem uh, having heard your name many times it's been a, pl a privilege to meet you um one uh, one thing that we ask all of our guests is, is there anyone, whether companions or otherwise, that served in the Scotland-Edinburgh mission that you'd like to call out and tell them to come on the podcast so that you can hear their story in the future? All of them. Yeah? All of them. <laughs> I agree. We'd love to have all of them come on. And honestly, any of them that you're still in contact with, like you, you made mention of, of Billy Wiggins and others, invite them to come on, reach out to them. I mean, I can reach out to them all day like I did to you, and they may not know who Zach Hewlett is, but when Terrence Stecklitz reaches out to them, I guarantee that they'll respond to you pretty quick. So, <laughs> Well, I, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. I appreciate that. That's fantastic. Well, Terrence, um, before I let you go tonight, I just want to let you know how much we love you and appreciate you as one of our brothers in the Scotland Edinburgh mission. Um, the best part about this podcast and being able to share our stories with one another is being able to also express to you how much we're grateful that you were part of our mission. You're, you're uh, one of the, <clears throat> the special ones that got the opportunity to serve in that magical land with an amazing group of brothers and sisters. And so again, just want to express our love to you and we're grateful for you and we're here for you. Just know that uh, we're rooting for you and looking looking at uh, things that you're doing, and we're uh, excited to see all that you're accomplishing, both in and out of the church. So, thank you for being our brother, Terrence. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, awesome. I'm glad I have so many brothers uh, around the world. Amen. Amen to that. I feel the same way. Well, Terrence, I'll say good night to you. I'll give you a cheerio, and uh, we'll talk again very soon. All right. No problem. All right. Cheerio then, Terrence. Have a good right. night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.